Yeah, so uh, RGB died. So I spent my right. I spent the morning just uh, looking up stuff about that and reading yeah. news articles about it. Wait, RGB or RBG? RBG. Right. That's what I meant. <laughs> this is funny. I think as RGB is like the color pattern. Yes, which I was looking up <laughs> last night. Scientist in for, me. for my phone. That's my phone. <laughs> and, and, and that's how I learned about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Sir, anyway, it's my yes, one of the one of the chief one of the Supreme Court justices, very prominent. Yeah, passed away. Yeah. My brother treats everybody in the world like they're a member of our church, and so he was calling her Sister Ginsburg as we Aww. were texting today about. It. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, she's she's passed away. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's so the lawyer and me. Yeah. I was she's interested in that. Brilliant, brilliant, and uh, inspiring woman. Uh, and I think she kind of. Uh, I had this written down in my notes. I was going to mention it if you guys didn't, but she kind of embodied some of the things we're talking about here, like her relationship with with Justice Scalia. You know, ideologically they were opposites. You know, they didn't agree on much, but but they were very good friends, right? And and I just read this anecdote on Facebook that someone shared that like um, some some guy. I'm slaughtering the anecdote, but essentially was talking to Scalia and Scalia had these roses that he was going to give to her for her birthday. And and this guy was like, what? Well, you know, but you guys disagree on everything, you know, and have these roses convinced her of anything? <laughs> and he said, no, but some things are more, or some things are more important than votes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were good friends who disagreed on a lot of things, but they were good friends. And Scalia had a good sense other. of humor. So yeah. perhaps it helped. There was yeah. a, there was a study that somebody did on who got the most laughs on the Supreme Court. Because ah. when the when there's laughter in the Supreme Court hearings, they just the recorder records laughter in brackets. Yeah. And so they just looked, and it was Scalia, like by far, he yeah. just like got yeah. the most laughter after his comments. Yeah. He was a funny guy. Anyway, but he passed away a while ago. So we're talking about yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He did. So. For a few more seconds. Just, Anything just, else? Anyways, no, that that's about it. Okay. I was just like, it, what else in your little, life? I don't know. It smelled smoke. There was some. There's been some fires happening. There's some fires here in the Uintas. So yeah. this morning, I smelled yeah. smoke. Our COVID numbers have been going up here in Utah. Okay, so, so ever since so, coming out as Latter-day Saints, I think we can also say, yeah, we live in Salt Lake City. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we never yeah. officially said that. <laughs> we, we may have let it slip a few times. Yeah. We did let it slip, and then I pretended like we were talking about Salt Lake in India, because there's a Salt Lake in India, apparently. <laughs> Something like that. I'm sure. 
sure you fooled whoever picked up. I'm surprised we didn't convince people. I mean, with my accent. People do think I have an accent, okay. though. You know, the one time we had the one show, and one of your friends, Bryce, said, like, yeah. with Bryce, with your laughter and Paul's accent, this show's gold. <laughs> and I was like, what accent do I have? Is he a California dude? <laughs> so Steal it! People do sometimes ask the Californians. me. Yeah, excuse people. me, excuse me. The Californians. Yeah, and people sometimes ask me if I'm from California, or they'll ask me if I smoke weed. And I say, no, I don't smoke weed. Like, um, it's just because I kind of have a laid-back personality. Or they'll sometimes ask, man, where's your accent from? And I'll say, Phoenix. <laughs> I don't think there's a Phoenix accent. That's funny. But anyways. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're in Salt Lake. Yeah, that's, so speaking, that's, that's of, that's speaking of the fires, uh, I went with my friend, with a good friend of mine, uh, down to the Pleasant Grove fire that happened, I think it was last Saturday, at literally midnight, we went to go wow. see as close, how close we could get to the fire. Wait, you did it at midnight? Uh, oh, go legit, on. It legit smelled so bad. Oh, I bet. Yeah, is it, where Wait. is it in? Is that like in a neighborhood? In Battle Creek. It like it's in the. It's like it's in the wilderness part there of Pleasant Grove, kind of. Thing. Yeah. Do you know where Battle Creek is? It's a yeah. hike, but it's also. Yeah. There's Did a battle Wait, happen who, there? Who is this guy? There was a battle oh. that happened there. It's oh. actually the first battle in the state of Utah between was the Civil War battle, the Mormons and the oh, Native, and the Native Americans. Americans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. There were three casualties. So. You could research that on your own if you're interested. When we edit this episode, we'll put this taps podcast in. covers everything. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, how big is the fire? Like... Uh, I think a hundred acres burnt down. Mm-hmm. So who who is this friend of yours? Pretty intense. Um, it's a girlfriend of mine. Oh, so, okay. Because yeah. I just want to say, I just I've... didn't know if I should like say other people's names. Probably because, not. You know, yeah. Un- that's, unless you yeah. run by them. You say a friend yeah. who we will call, and then. Give their their first name followed by the last initial. (laughs) And then say, no, that's too obvious. And then give the first initial followed by the last name. There you go. I stole that from Simpsons. (laughs) Good job, Simpsons. Let's call him Bart S. No, no, that's too obvious. Let's call him B. Simpson. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, uh, Okay, I was just going to say that I'm jealous that you have... A kind of social life where you can do fun things spur the moment in the middle of the night. Yeah. Because well, I don't have that here. So my friend was dropping me off and because we had just like hung out with a whole bunch of other people and and by other people, a whole bunch of other people, I mean two other people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we definitely like to go out and do things and have fun and we live it up, you know? Life is y- YOLO, yeah. you know? It certainly is. Oh man, we got to insert like a hip hop song right here. <laughs> no, no. And I, I swore that we would try to keep this to only 45 yeah, so minutes and that we'd on. have to limit our uh, tangents and we're already sure. failing. But, <laughs> but, okay. but, but, and I'm one of the worst offenders. <laughs> okay, so that's what's going on in Paul's news. Uh, for me, Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, you go. Yeah, okay. It's important the world knows these things. <laughs> Very important. Okay. Uh, I saw Tenet with Paul and another friend. Yeah. It was crazy. It was so loud and confusing. But yeah. it was the coolest mu- movie I've seen that I didn't understand, probably. Bryce so. kept coming into my room and for days after and walking backwards and being like, I'm inverted. <laughs> it was kind of fun. <laughs> anyway, you're welcome, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's right. When are you going to yeah. start advertising? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, oh, I, I went hiking on Wednesday and almost got stranded 
uh, on the mountain in the dark mm. uh, along this treacherous uh, ravine. Was with, that your first water time through it. being stranded? Well, I wasn't, but I almost oh. was. Uh, I've had a few close calls, actually, where it's like, mm. boy, I really should have turned around. I mean, I go with this group, so it's not completely unsafe. I mean, I was with two other people this time, but like this time for sure, it's like, why did I not start my return sooner? Like, we didn't have enough daylight to... You didn't have lights. You, yeah. you, you had one guy with a light in your group, right? That that, that I was with, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, I used my phone too. Anyway, it was fine. Uh, I dropped my phone, the phone I love so much, mm. and it's horribly cracked now. And I got a replacement that arrived yesterday, and it sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, it's technically the same model, but it's not the same phone. It doesn't have the same features. It has half the RAM. Anyway, important that the world know about this. <laughs> Lastly, I just want to say, I've been doing the most dating uh, this summer than I've ever done in my life, which is ironic, but I've also been trying harder, and a lot of that dating is is talking to girls who live in Latin America, <laughs> which is not the ideal form of dating, but uh, suffice to say, there's a lot of wonderful women all over the world. I hope to find one closer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is this um, all mutual stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah, using Mutual, yeah. the premier LDS dating app. I think uh, they should pay you for <laughs> advertising. We should try to, we should reach That's out to them. Not a idea. Yeah, see if we can uh, collaborate. Um, again, I just want to say, like, there's been a lot of changes, not to get into details, there's been a lot of family drama in my family, um, changes in family structure, and all of this, my own dating experiences and, and family stuff makes this topic seem very pertinent to me. Um, so anyway, that's my news flash, Viviana. Oh, uh, so my news flash is uh, what I said earlier, which is I went to the Battle Creek fire and I saw a hundred acres burned down, and it was crazy to see the fire just yeah. continue to just consume, you know, as much of the side of the mountain as it could within that short amount of span. But also, yeah, so I started a new job. Nice. Um, I. I'm really excited about this because I am working as a behavior technician, which is basically working with kids who have autism, and uh, a, sometimes some of the clients that we have have ADHD, and we're trying to help those kids, you know, basically improve certain maladaptive behaviors, yeah. but also learn new skills that are in their best long-term interest, and so it's really exciting. That's cool. So, yeah. And and you start by giving him a John Gottman book and saying, oh, no. "Here, you need a healthy <laughs> marriage." Kid. No, it's a different it's a different branch of psychology because yeah. behavior sciences are. It's like if you were to take an apple and you were to slice it one way, that's like behavior analysis. But then Freud, like Freud's idea, would be like a completely different way to yeah. chop the apple. But then, yeah. but then I but I do think that John Gottman he does a little bit of applied because it seems like what he does in his love labs is he. Uh, he had people when it's it's very fascinating. He had people a that good he segue. would bring. Keep going. He had people that he would bring into his labs, couples, and he would literally, uh, you know, have the he would take their pulse the entire time that they were in their seats Hang talking on. with let's, their couples. Let's interrupt. Oh. Or I'm going to interrupt really quick. John Gottman, obviously the subject of our talk today. He's a well-respected researcher on uh, on marriage relationships. He's been doing this for like three decades, I think. Uh, very well-respected. Um, very like 
statistically strong results, mm -hmm. which is rare in, yeah. in the social sciences. <laughs> anyway, go on. And so what he would do is when he would bring his couples into his love lab is uh, he would have them, he would take their pulse throughout the entire time that they were in his love lab. He would take their blood samples, I think, before and after, and he would also take urine samples. Yeah. And the reason for the to urine samples like, to pick up Sorry. on the stress, the cortisol levels, yeah. absolutely. Hmm. And so it's just, <clears throat> it's just really interesting. But I do, and they would actually also practice some of this applied behavior analysis, I guess you would call it, which is kind of, you know, where you're taking data on how many times does this person smile when their couple is, when their partner is talking, you know. So that was really interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's just a different branch of psychology, applied behavior analysis. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. This, this is why Bryce has started uh, taking blood samples on dates. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, and he's like, he's like, questions. He's like <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm just not going to take the urine sample, but all the other stuff I'm going to do. <laughs> no, Wait, are you calling him a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I know. That. Bryce just handed me a goat head, you know, one of these thorns, because we kept finding these in our carpet. And uh, we all assumed, like, it's our one roommate who goes on a lot of bike rides. And and then and then one day I came home from a walk, and I just casually looked at the bottom of my shoes, and I had 12 of these in the bottom <laughs> of my shoes. Like, uh, I think and, maybe I'm the guy who's And I found another one when Viviana came in. So. Yeah, I found a couple of my, in my room lately. So, I forget to check my my shoes sometimes speaking like, of relational <laughs> conflict but this is a problem but it's i think it's part of the 31 percent of solvable problems yeah, it, it unless is you have some dreams behind these goat heads it's true but if you're going to bring up the go ahead now you got to follow it by five positive comments that's so true. you have the right positive Paul, negative smart, ratio smart so, kind funny just, uh uh, you have you have hmm. beautiful blue eyes, if I can say that. They're hazel, you fool. And, and, you're very, and you're very good at walking. What'd you say? You like that beer commercial? Because my eyes are hazel. Oh, uh, whatever. Whatever. Whatever so beautiful color they are. Let's just talk about the the comment. You're very good at walking. I think that is the most hilarious positive comment you could possibly give anyone. He is very good at walking. I do go on long Doesn't walks, work. but I, it's true. It's like it's not. I was I was grasping. It's not, <laughs> kind of thing you consider a compliment. Thanks. Well, it wasn't negative. I'll tell you what, man. I've been walking since I was like, I don't know, two or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, we're 14 minutes in. But, and again, I, I, I can not point the finger at anyone but myself, first and foremost. Um, okay. One thing I thought was interesting in this video, which, by the way, we'll, we'll include yeah, a link to the video sure. in, in the description um, of this episode. But one of the things I thought was interesting is that he says... Um, uh, that it's not a war against neg negativity. Actually, let's let's yeah. hold off on that. Let's talk about some of the context first. First and foremost, I just want to say, when I listen to this kind of stuff, it makes me think like, boy, a lot of this is not so. Uh, it's kind of common sense, kind of. It but seems it's, common sense, yes. but just because it is common sense doesn't mean that you practice it. Like just Absolutely. because you know something. It doesn't necessarily mean that you practice that. Precisely. And it also doesn't mean that you've mastered that. Precisely. It doesn't come naturally. It's the execution. To it, it doesn't. It's not. It cuts against the natural man. Like. Exactly. You know, um, the, the, <clears throat> it's the execution that's a constant challenge. You know, and, and you know, to, to get churchy for a second, like, this is why God wants us to be married. It's why in, in the Latter-day Saint religion, we believe God is 
is actually an exalted woman and an exalted man together that that you can't uh, get to his level unless you're actually a pair um there's it's it's uh nothing will refine us more i think well except maybe kids i don't know yeah, anyway, it's part general, of the refining though, process in general in, family in the central part yeah yeah right. i mean you know yeah sure like we're rough stones ruling i've talked about this yeah. i know i don't know if i said it on the yeah. podcast but that we're all rough stones ruling the world is like a bunch of rocks put in a tumbler and a family is like yeah. a bunch of rocks put in a blender. There's there's more refinement that happens and you yeah. know, close proximity with people. Yeah. You have some of this just you get this yeah. to some extent with the roommates, but not to the same yeah. degree. And I'm feeling that in my family right now, to be honest. Yeah. Um for me. Um anyway. But this first thing about like mm-hmm. I, I I thought about this, so one of the first things that that he talks about is this positive to negative ratio in in, in your comments, I guess. And uh and uh yeah, I mean, just that by itself, I think is hard and doesn't come natural to me. You know, like I, I think about like roommate situations, for example. When I, I hold on, let's back up. Yeah, go. What ahead. is this five to one positive? It's just negative. the idea that um, marriages. So his research found that marriages that last have a five to one positive to negative ratio in, in their comments to one another. Yeah. So, right? Was that how you would say and that? I think it was also the, the, the more, the healthier marriages or the happier marriages. Or do you think? I'm not sure. You're not Cause, sure? Because okay. it seemed like the main outcome they were looking at was uh, di- divorce in what time frame? I don't know if no. they looked at I thought he had a comment in there. Though. They might have. I thought he had a comment in there somewhere that like the happiest marriages had even higher positive and then he had said something like yeah. 20 to 1 or something okay. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. So, maybe, so maybe they did touch on that. But but it seemed like the, the primary thing they were looking at is what um, predicts divorce versus not non-divorce. Yeah, but here's a here's Anyway, a, I interrupted you. No, you're fine. For some uh, context. Sure, yeah. Here's a, um, a uh, real-world Paul example is I was noticing like some... Um, so it's easy for me to notice, like this this person never does dishes. Or, <laughs> or, I don't they, know who that could possibly they, be in this house. They take a long <laughs> they take a long time doing the dishes, and and but it's kind of like it's like it is true. Like my initial reactions would be like, maybe I should say something about this, but it's it uh, requires more introspection to and and work to be like, well, how many positive comments am I making towards that person? Because right. if, yeah. if I'm not, right. this isn't going to help for me to make this comment. Right. It's- well, it's kind of like that whole idea of rapport. Like if you don't, if you don't have rapport with someone, then what you say probably isn't going to matter. Yeah. Yes. You don't care, you know? Yes. It's yeah. like the one roommate I had that was always trying to sell me something. <laughs> you never cared. And every time the conversation started, I was like, here it comes again. Another, another sales pitch. I'm like, I'm just yeah. waiting for it. And, yeah. and he yeah. thinks he's giving you negative comments because he's like, I'm just trying to, quote unquote, help Paul. Or positive. I mean, he thinks he's giving me, po- oh, maybe. Positive, yeah. Maybe. So, yeah. I don't know um, what I said. But he also, the Gottman stuff also said that um, there's a 0.8 to 1 positive to negative ratio in marriages that. And in divorce, yeah. right? I guess interesting. Yeah, there's more things happening that are negative yeah. than they are yeah. positive. So yeah. I think this just goes to show, or it's another evidence of just how, like, the human mind, I mean, maybe you could say the human brain, maybe the human spirit, I don't know. But something in us um, is so much more sensitive to negativity than to positivity, right? Yeah. And how, like, we, we need... As such, I mean, it's part of the human nature, and as such, like, we need to work hard to be more positive and to appreciate the positive. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, they found that on, like, research on gratitude, for instance, it helps you be happier. And, yeah. and 
<laughs> you know, yeah. and we all have room for improvement for that because, again, it's human nature. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to like proactively think about it and look for it and be like, oh, I do like this about this person though, yeah. you know, and then point it out so yeah. that they know it. You know, it's a funny thing because I'm also, I'm listening to a book called, or an audio book called Good Morning, I Love You. And in it, the lady is talking about how gratitude, uh, how we tend, Thank to, you. We tend oh. to focus so much on everything that is negative in our life. Yeah. And it's kind of just like the default. And it, yes. in fact, it's not necessarily a bad thing because that is how our ancestors, you know, the ones, the ones who actually focused on the negativity, the lion chasing them, or the That's you know right. the, all the threats—they're right. the ones that survived, right? Yep. yep. Um, but I honestly think that. So what she's saying is, she says, "Yeah, we do need to focus on all the good things that are going right in our life." She's just saying that in general, and that if we do that, um, we actually will be happier. But I think also in Gottman's research, he says the exact same thing. He says that for whatever reason. There's these masters and disasters of relationships yeah. that he's studied over his last three de- decades. And the masters, they actually build a culture of appreciation. Oh, well, you're and I'm, jumping I'm, ahead. I'm jumping ahead. ahead. But, but to go back to this kind of concept of like, hey, there's a reason why, you know, some people do end up getting divorced. And I, I don't know. I think it'd be... It's sad. I, I actually really liked what he said about people that get divorced. He says that he thinks it's a tragedy when couples get divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I definitely think that some things can be prevented. You know, maybe not everything can be prevented, but, you know, it is a tragedy when people fall out of love. I definitely believe yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Couldn't agree more. So, um, yeah, so we kind of talked about these two main topics i don't know yeah topics we'll go with that word (laughs) i mean he starts off talking about uh the four horsemen of the apocalypse which is basically what the research found about um predictors of of marital breakup um and the apocalypse and it has to to do with conflict how how they handle conflict and they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse what did i say no, because oh. they no because uh you know in the in I think in John the Revelator the book of Revelation of yeah. yeah Revelations he talks about how there's certain things that signal the end of the yeah. times you know right yeah. and so but this is what he's saying he, mm. you know him being Jewish there's four things that signal the end of your relationship and yeah. if you have these four things in your relationship it seems common sense but again. We we might know this and we might yes. under, we might intellectually understand it and yes. we might be like yes this makes sense but the idea is well do we actually practice these things yeah. and are we actually mastering these yeah. things you know like that's and, really what's most important and you know honestly this is one of the limitations of our podcast right we want to help people um, escape singleness and have better relationships and we want that for ourselves too. Um, all we can do is give you information, right? And and stimulate your brain to consider some of these things. But if you really want to make changes, make changes. Talk with friends. Talk with family. Work with a coach. Work with a therapist. Uh, set goals and pursue them. This is Bryce the coach talking, obviously. But like, um, just just understand, people, that we we love that you're listening to us. But <laughs> but if any of this resonates with you, please do something about it. 
Yeah, you can start by listening to that Michael Jackson song about the man in the mirror. That's true. That's true. Instead of complaining about all the bad dates or lack of dates, you need to look in the mirror, and I, and I mean that. Uh, we all need to do that. Um, but you know, this this uh, when you're talking about this uh, four horsemen kind of thing, it was making me think about how yeah, some of this stuff really is really hard. I think too, it's like it's like um, where does our mind go when somebody does something that annoys us? And um, because it's it is true. He talks about the difference between. Um, well, like he makes a soccer ball analogy, you know, this is a good, this, this first, um, horseman of the apocalypse is like criticism or how you complain about different things. Uh, you know, like when he talks about the soccer ball is like good couples that last, they, they kick the soccer ball around back yeah. and forth, but the soccer like, ball represents the, soccer problem. Ball represents the problem. Yeah. And, uh, the, and a disaster is like taking that problem and like it's like no this is you are the problem that's right you are the problem he's like putting the soccer ball inside of them which is a strange way to think about it but but right essentially saying yeah this is unsolvable because you are fundamentally the problem it's your yep. defect and some of that starts just in your mind the way you're thinking about stuff because sure. like even when i when i was uh thinking about the dishes you know and and if i'm like Three days in a row, this guy is never going to change. <laughs> He's yeah, evil. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. just sloppy uh, or something. And, you know, which is a bad way to look at it. But, I mean, that's where that's where the natural mind, man mind goes. Yeah, to the negativity. Know. Because yeah. that's just like the default. Yeah. Now, interesting, and I mentioned this earlier, but interestingly, the, their conclusion was that, you know, to help marriages, we don't need to declare a war against negativity. The yeah. goal is not actually to try to yeah. remove that sure. um, because it's actually inevitable and negative experiences and, and like bringing those to conflict. the forefront in, in conflict, yeah. that's, that's a necessary condition to actually be becoming closer yeah. if, you know, if not finding resolution. Um, it, it's unhealthy and this is, you know, to overshare a little bit, this is an issue in my family. We're, we're totally conflict avoid. Well, yeah, we don't handle conflict very well. Um, and, um, and you know, I'm, we're not unique in that. Like tons and tons of people do that. But um, I think it's also, I, I worry that the culture in the church promotes some of this behavior too, where people think... Like don't have conflict? Because they think they have to be nice all the time. And yeah. just whatever hurts they feel they just have to push them down and pretend yeah. they're not there you know the denial and um but that's actually hurting of, the person some of that yeah. is useful but i think most of us take who where that's an issue we take it too far in, including myself and i've been trying to course correct and i Go think ahead. what's really important here is that they're so he says that that's what the disasters do what the disasters do is they criticize they say hey man you're the problem um, if they stick that soccer ball inside their partners, right? But the masters, he says what they do is they, they still complain, but they complain in a very different way. Yeah. And what they do is they talk about themselves. And instead of saying, uh, you know, it, they still talk about the problem. They're still complaining about the problem, but they also talk about what they about how they, uh, you know, approach the problem. And so, for example, if a person says, you never talked about yourself all throughout dinner, you never asked me anything about my day. They're talking about themselves. And then they also talk about what, the way that they feel. That hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. you know. And then they also talk about what they need. I need you to you know, ask me about my day. Yeah. You know? uh, whereas the disasters would be like, you talked about yourself all throughout dinner. You never asked me about my day. What is wrong what with is you? What is wrong with you? 
There, well, I guess I'm an evil One of those is constructive, one of those is not. And, yeah, and I exactly. think, um, again, speaking personally, the whole idea of like expressing your own needs, something I've never learned to do. And um, um, until recent years. And, and yeah. right, this is an important aspect of resolving conflict is to express your needs in a way that doesn't vilify the other person. Um, what, what's so, what's so I was funny? just laughing at the part of the video where Gavin, he oh. was saying, he, he was expressing to his wife, but she, you know, she wasn't as affectionate as often as he was. And he made some comment like, boy, I really loved it when you're affectionate the other day. Man, how can we, how can we do some more of that or something? She said, how, or he said, when or something? She said, how about right now? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't remember that, but, but yeah. I bet he liked that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, um, sorry, were you, Wrapping up that thought, you're saying. Uh, I don't, yeah, maybe. I mean, I have other questions or other thoughts on this, of course. Like, um, yeah, again, I wonder if the church culture of quote unquote kindness, well, A, it's a good culture. I would rather it be kindness than culture of unkindness. <laughs> but, sure. but, um, I think it's easy for us to t- to jump to the wrong conclusions as it relates to our own emotional well being. And to be fair, and I'm not criticizing the church at all. The church is wonderful. And to their credit, like, this is something I think they're um, putting more effort towards. Like, they have this, the church has this pilot program about uh, building emotional resilience. I'm participating in it. Um, the material is very good. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a healthy combination of, you know, scriptures and church leaders and doctrine with practical... Uh, psychological research, I would say. You know, uh, I think it's tempting for us, and this is me speaking as someone who's a Latter-day Saint and a psychologist, lowercase p, psychologist, and a coach. Like, um, not everything can be neatly <laughs> explained away. And <laughs> what's the word? Like packaged? Yeah, yeah, but by by a good scripture or doctrinal statement, right? Like if someone says, oh, I've been feeling depressed and, and hopeless, it's not helpful to say, here's a scripture for you. Feel better. And then and then, and then dust off your hands like you've solved a problem, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we all need to be careful of that. Sure. Uh, um, no. Um, scriptures are relevant to the solution which is you know jesus is the great healer you know and 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 he also works through other people and also medical technology like like medications anyway go ahead but sure but he's also uh if he if if um you had a conversation with him i'm sure he's also a great psychologist you know for sure and understands the science of like why you're having a hard time Mm -hmm. with certain things or whatever Mm -hmm. and probably would take a very practical useful approach yeah maybe you know. apply some mud to your eyes or in this perhaps case maybe to well. your brain you know? <laughs> yeah perhaps um anyways i was thinking about like this whole thing about the the comments about when if you tell somebody like what's wrong with you you know it, it's mm-hmm. totally natural for it's and understandable for a person to just go straight to defensiveness sure when, you know you were talking earlier about like how um we focus on dangerous things, you know, because uh, it's like that's what kept our ancestors alive or whatever, you know. I think yeah. in the Jordan Peterson, you or, or like the Big Five test, you'd probably say like the people that take things more personally, they may be more neurotic, you know, but uh, they're more, more careful. Maybe more conscientious. Maybe too. more conscientious and or neurotic. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we've, um, we've never talked about the big. F- well, we've never talked about it in depth here, but we I don't will. Think someday. we have. I took the big five yeah. a while back. And anyway, we don't need um, to talk about it. Right yeah, but anyways, but your thing about I like the comment about like you don't have to take all negativity out of marriage. There is another Jordan Peterson comment that I heard one time where somebody asked him his, of his his advice about marriage, and he said, "Argue as much as you can in the first few years, yeah, and uh, yeah. It, it just to kind of you know work stuff out." And yeah. I mean, you know, Gottman does say like, "Look, if your partner like needs a break in the middle of an argument, it's important to give them that because yeah. uh, sometimes people need that." I have a brother who's like that. You know, he yeah. he can't resolve it in the middle of the argument. I kind of like to argue things out because they usually get. Yeah get around to recognizing where I'm wrong and can admit it, you know, yeah. if I keep talking. Yeah. But yeah, but the reality breaks, is physiologically know. we get more emotional. The more yeah. emotional and stressed out we get, the stupider we become. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, he well he talked about this in this thing where they would they would take the the couples would be they could measure their blood pressure mm-hmm. or what right? Or their heart, heart rate. rate. Okay, the heart Once rate. Once it got over hundred and ten beats per minute he talked about how the body secretes adrenaline, arteries yeah. constrict, yeah. blood flow shuts down to the gut and the kidney. People start to sweat. The blood pressure increases and kidney produces renin, which leads to angiotensin, which these, increases these are, blood flow. Yeah, these it's are a master These are my notes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I remember all this. Copy. But basically, it's like your body, he says that your body has adaptive value when you're in the middle of conflict and, you know, the yeah. tiger's chasing you and yeah. you need yeah. to run away. Gotta your body is just, yeah. you know, revving you up so that yeah. you could, you know, run away. But it's not always the best. And he said that actually this research came when he had clients who were uh, in uh, domestic violence type situations. Mm-hmm. He would research that. And what he noticed is that the couples who had conflict, they, you know, that type of, you know, domestic violence violence conflict um they never they never stopped to take a break in the middle of an argument uh, yeah I remember that, that. to de-escalate yeah yeah um yeah that's awesome good so um so paul mentioned defensiveness which is the second horseman i just want to back up a little bit though to ask a question something i don't know the answer to um but because again we're also this is this research is about marriage i think um most of the people listening to this are single us three certainly are single and the question is like how how can i apply this and 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 i think the answer is marriage is like dating except with bigger commitments right <laughs> and so um you know the, dating is a process at least if if you're dating you know the way that Latter-day Saints date, which is you know with the ideal of ma- the way most Latter-day Saints date, not all, um, which is with the goal of eventually getting married, right, and committing to someone. So dating is a process of making small, incremental, uh, appropriate commitments, right, increasing commitments. Um, so my question is, um, oh, okay, and therefore these principles do apply to the dating process. But I'm wondering, in terms of like appropriately expressing talking about yourself your feelings and and what you need in in relation to uh criticism right where we're expressing our needs um how soon is too soon in a dating context to have that kind of candid conversation like hey you ignored my text for a week and then you got back to me uh and uh you know and i'd been planning this thing or whatever or i was hoping to have a conversation with you and this made me feel this way 
I'm reluctant to even do that because most women, at least in the online dating, are looking for any excuse to disappear. <laughs> they're, they're the most skittish of all skittish creatures, I find. What do you guys think? Perhaps? I would okay. Go ahead, well, Paul. I was going to say perhaps, but it's also true that if the person has legitimate interest in you, this kind of a thing can be a good conversation where then they know like oh you're really invested in this though actually that's true you know like i know like um it you know gottman talks about like uh the different like um successful couples were good at bringing things up in a gentle way yeah i don't remember exactly gentle how he startup phrased is that what is that what he calls it gentle yeah. startup i can't remember exactly all he said about that but uh, but by the way we're at I think yeah. we should split this episode into two. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. You so guys go. on the fly. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot of good content. Yeah, in yeah. So you know, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff to talk about. But I mean, like, um, I don't know, man. Like, cause I kind of I kind of feel like uh, those are good opportunities though to to start building the foundation of a good relationship too. You know, because. So, yeah. well, yeah. so I think my question to you would be, mm-hmm. well, what's the alternative? Is the alternative you just criticize your partner? No. And obviously, we know that crit- from right. the research that criticism is going to end in disa- like a disastrous relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what he says is that the masters are still complaining, but just in a different way. Right. And right. I would say that the research, I think that what, what, it's, it's in your best interest to state your needs at the very beginning. And it's kind of a funny concept because I feel like so many people in relationships, they have an idea that the other person like, hey, you should know what I'm feeling on the right, inside. Right. But often they don't, yeah. you know. And I, I called mind reading. It's yes. Where, where we assume that they I, know what we're thinking without <laughs> us having ever expressed it. Yeah. But, you know, that happens but, more often than, um, than not, you know. Yeah. And people tend to... <laughs> If there's something that legitimately bothers you, why not talk about it? Yeah. Because if they can't even handle that, then what makes you think they're going to be able to handle anything else? Sure. Yeah, because I think that like ending up and criticizing down the road is it's an alternative. The other alternative is like you just don't talk about it and you get upset about and it. And that's usually what I do historically. Yeah. Now, that being said, I'm kind of talking about this in the dating context of like the very earliest stages where you're just yeah, exchanging right. messages. Sure, exactly. And I do think that like in that case... The commitment level is low to non-existent already, right? So it's it's like a fragile little. Plant. I, I think there should be a little bit of commitment where where you've you know had a good back and forth exchange for yeah. a day or something. You know, I think if it's someone where you've said, "Hey, I like your picture," and they're like, "Hey, thanks," and then you're like, "How are you?" <laughs> and then they never respond for a week, and they say, "Fine." I don't think that's a good scenario where you should be like, like let me tell you how you made me feel. Because <laughs> you don't know each other and the commitment is low and, and, and that's not inappropriate. You yeah. talk about your feelings. Yeah. When you but, said you liked my picture, I felt happy. <laughs> yeah. Now that being said, um, there's, there's a particular <laughs> lady I'm thinking of, I will not mention names, oh, okay. um, where like we've had yeah. conversations back and forth and, and <laughs> she ignores me all the time and I've just been like, okay. Either she's too busy, or yeah, she's not interested, yeah. Yeah. or she's just really bad at communicating <laughs> and understanding how to treat people. Either way, I feel like I'm a punching bag here, and my <laughs> usual approach is to say nothing 
But I wonder if I should say something. But what do you have to lose by saying something? Yeah. That's and, the question. And, and the, 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 what you have to lose is, is you might scare them off. And what right? do you have to gain? You, absolutely right. Yes, I could yeah, I could sure. prolong this unhealthy dynamic. Yeah. I don't have anything to get out of a bad situation. Yeah. It's funny. That you're, I'm yeah. being reminded now of the other situation where you, you just strongly suspected that someone was like a Nigerian bot or something or somebody trying to get your credit card information. <laughs> oh, wait, are you talking about me? Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. They're like somebody like, why don't you buy something for my uh, This son? happened to me a few weeks ago. <laughs> this really cute, I matched with this really cute girl in Colorado, really cute single mom. Um, she seemed nice. Gift card and we, and, <laughs> and when we moved the conversation, I met her on Mutual, but she was not verified. Ah, what does verified mean? They've taken a photo and yeah, of them with the Book of Mormon or, ah, or doing the Scout I salute. Yeah, see. I mean, you can still be a scammer and do that, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> she's got to get a Photoshop. Yeah, but um, <laughs> she seemed like a real person until I started talking with her, mm. especially once <clears throat> after I'd moved <clears throat> things to WhatsApp, which is, which is. That that's a progression of the relationship. We're becoming a little more serious because because they tell you that they don't use mutual for communicating much. Yeah. Sorry, mutual. This, <laughs> people don't like to use your your messaging part oh, for very really? long. Okay. Um, uh, anyway, and we moved to and I've got, I've got it all on my phone. I could show the police if I ever had to. But like, <laughs> it moved very quickly from hey, how's it going? How are you? To like, oh, you're going to the store? Where are you going to buy me? And or for my daughter and and she it him said can you get me a fifty dollars Steam gift card yeah and that's when I started to get suspicious (laughs) and I called him out on it like yeah it was probably him it was probably some little boy in India or some young man in India um or or in Latin America because I was throwing in some Spanish in there (laughs) anyway Um, big tangent by Bryce no it's right here's another (laughs) like micro tangent but um and after this. You know, we'd probably get back on track. But, um, okay, when we were talking about reading minds, though, okay, now now, now, tell me what you think about this. Because my tendency is to think that women do this more than men, assuming that the man should know what they're thinking, you know. But do you guys think that's correct or no? Am I wrong? I, I, think I would so. say maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think it also depends on the person. But It does. Yeah, I mean, I think both parties could be, you know, guilty of mind reading. I think mind reading is just, you know... It's or assu- what- like assuming that the other person should know what they... Yeah. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, I, if the I other think- person understood me, they would know what I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm aware that... I'm, that a little, is- I'm a little bit passive too. Like I, exactly. I tend to avoid conflict as well. So I, do, I know I do some of this myself where I'm like, they should have known that was going to upset me. They should know that that was... Yeah. Whatever. But that's the but- thing. It's like... But, but they're not ever going to know that something upsets you unless you actually say something about it. And that's kind of the whole thing about, that's why I like what he says. He says, you know, these winners, or no, he doesn't call them winners. He calls them masters, relationship yeah. masters. Yeah. Like they're still complaining. It's just a completely different way. Yes. It's saying, yeah. hey, man, this is, you know, this is how I felt when you did X, Y, Z. And this is, you know, this is, this is what it looks like to me. Yeah. And this is what it you know means to me yeah. and could you and, please and could you please or this yeah. is what i need you yeah. to do and if they're not willing to do that then what are the chances that they're willing to do other things and yeah. i think i think this is a very legitimate thing that you could apply in dating because yeah. if you can do this basic concept you know if they can actually follow through with your simple requests and yeah. they don't have to be like super 
crazy, but if you're like, hey, you know what? It really bothers me when you say we're going to meet at five o'clock and we meet at six o'clock, or it really bothers me when, you know, we say we're going to go on a date this one day and then all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know. For me, I, one of the best books that I read about dating, it was called, um, how to never fall in love with the jerk. And one of the things that he talks about is, which I think we should talk about sometime. Yeah. Th- he talks about, very good. this is, it's so important. Like what is a person saying and what is a person doing? He's, he calls it congruence. Are those two things matching? And I think it's okay to complain in a way that is actually in your best interest. And that's why I really like what he teaches about what Gottman's research teaches about the masters. I think we all need to learn how to complain this way. I agree. I agree. Not that we're actually the best at it, but I think it would be really helpful. Yeah. I think most of us are naturally, we're most, most of us probably aren't that great at it, you know, that's right. Yeah. That's a good so point. like you let's know. take your roommate for example yeah. rather than if you're complaining in a in this way about so, the dishes what would you yeah. say like you need, you talk about yourself well, so you talk I, about what you feel I, and what you talk first about first what I you make need. sure in general that I'm I'm making positive comments yeah, in general yeah. you know and yeah. then and then and then a while after that maybe like a few days it'd like, be like hey I love how you eat I so actually, much food I actually did and so many <laughs> dishes I love it. No, no, no. <laughs> I actually did do this. Hey, no sarcasm, guys. <laughs> actually, he's gotten better about the dishes. And, and, and I did make this comment one time. I said, yeah, man, um, I just get kind of bummed out when there's a lot of dirty dishes. That's all I said. Yeah. So it was at least a way, I guess. That's how you feel. It is how I feel. Good job, man. And, that, and it was true. It is and true. Like, I come did you up, tell him what you with... needed? No, I just, I thought that was implied. He actually has done a lot better at the dishes. Okay. Well, that's, and, that's good. And... So I don't complain about it as much now. Now I think about the counter. I'm like the counter is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so actually, I guess that was a little. I guess that was a little uh, success story there. So criticism is the first. Um, what's it called? Indicator that your relationship is, you know, going to be apocalyptic. You know, like it's going to come to an end. But what? Okay, so there's three more that we haven't talked about that I would like to talk in the next Should, 15 minutes. Well, we talked briefly about uh, if we can. defensiveness. Why don't we call an end to this episode and then let's say we, and then at some later time, well, let's we'll create a new one. Sure, but let's, that's fine. Let's say what they are and uh, okay. right because the first yeah. the first one is uh, criticism. Criticism. The second one is defensiveness, which we, we did talk about a little bit, um, and then the third one is contempt. And disrespect. Versus appreciation. Yeah, and the yeah. other one is stonewalling. So There we go. Yep. And, and we're uh, going to talk about those more <laughs> next time. Yeah, that's right. And there's going to be some stonewall jacks. Quinta, por favor. <laughs> wait, wait, let's check. Check, please. Um, uh, how do you say check in Spanish? Cuenta. Cuenta, yes! Cuenta, por favor. In case any of you watch Adventure Time... Uh, this is one this car- of our future this, sponsors. This cartoon. Uh, well, well, every time we say check, you're referencing a scene from Adventure Times. So. Anyways. Anyway. Um, yeah, this is good stuff, though. I, I really like this stuff. And I mean, I like some of his just practical comments, too, like um, that we'll talk about next time. About like ask, just asking more questions and stuff. Yep. Love map and all that stuff. That's other oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. About. Get ready. A love map. Get ready for next time. And, uh, and uh, bids, font, bid, bids, fondness, right. and admiration. When eBay meets romance, stuff. you know, and this stuff really strikes you to me. I feel like in my best relationships, I have had as many arguments as I've had in my bad relationships. 
but uh-huh. but the but the but the arguments in my good relationships have ended up in just easily being able to not well, I would say more easily uh, um, taking responsibility the both of us and 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 I don't know I feel like our arguments would end up in hugs and stuff you know yeah more, hugs and stuff it was just more <laughs> it's just more like all right all right it was easier to work through things yeah you know we would just we would still have the problems but we'd work yeah. through them. Yeah. yeah. So according to Gottman, sixty-nine percent of relationship <laughs> problems are not solvable. Yeah. But there are thirty-one yeah. percent that are solvable. Yeah. 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 So. I really liked his comment that like, no, you're you're really to some extent you're picking like which person's problems are you, you okay can with irritate. because because yep. you can't. Yeah. I do think that to some extent, especially from like an LDS perspective, it's kind of like I believe that every relationship becomes celestial in the long term if it stays intact. And that we're deciding which things we can't wait for in, in this life, you know, in mortality, you know, which are the yeah. things we can't wait for them to get better. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of not being able to wait, you <laughs> won't be able to wait for our next episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Okay. No, this was great. This was great. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next and, time. Uh, Adios. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. Thank you.